Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and co-parents of all ages, this podcast is for you. Introducing in the center ring the amicable divorce expert, Judith Weigel. Welcome back, everybody. This will be kind of an interesting episode in that I'm sharing with you something I've learned by working in the divorce space for 12 years now. Lots and lots of people have walked through this office. And of course, I've talked to people who got divorced prior to me even getting in the business, wanting to share their insights, their experiences, and their viewpoints of divorce. This is a topic that I think is ultimately important, and it's not discussed enough. The topic is, if you want people to care about you, You have to care about yourself first and the way you participate and deal with everybody in the divorce experience, starting with your spouse. Absolutely. Starting with your spouse. So when we get divorced, it's, we're unhinged. It's the worst experience ever. Even if you know it has to happen, it's going to produce valuable results in the long run for you, your spouse, your kids. It's still an unnerving experience. You're traversing waters you've never been in before. There's a ton of decisions to make. And you have these two worlds operating at the same time. You have the emotional world. You're reorganizing your life. You're processing the divorce, the marriage. And there can easily be a lot of fear wrapped up into the unknown. What is life going to be like after the divorce is final? So you have to go through what I call that whole emotional divorce experience. And then you've got the legal divorce. And you have all of those decisions that are wrapped up in what are you going to live on financially? Where are you going to live? How's the co-parenting schedule going to work? Are the kids going to be messed up or are they going to come out okay from this devastating experience? And even though the kids may recognize, by the way, that divorce is the right option, they still have to go through their own divorce experience. So there's a lot going on, right? If you want people to care about you, you have to care about yourself first. Ultimately important. So what does this look like? Well, when you're going through the emotional divorce, meaning reorganizing yourself emotionally, dealing with the fear and the grief that go along with processing the marriage and going into the divorce, you have to do a number of things. First of all, use the divorce to better yourself. Use the divorce to change the vibe and the energy in the relationship you have with your spouse, especially if you have children and you're going to be co-parenting. If you don't have kids, kind of a different story. You get to go your own way but it doesn't matter. The relationship lingers. 
but it's how you treat your spouse during the divorce while you're making decisions that really means a lot. Okay, so the way you treat yourself first matters. If you are the spouse that tries to control your spouse, which is, I'm, t- I'm taking this a different direction than I normally do. I normally go for the spouse that feels they didn't have a voice. I want to start with the spouse that dominates. And even though people dominate without understanding they dominate, I want you to be honest enough with yourself to analyze yourself and say, you know, maybe I did try and take control. Is that such a bad thing? Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah, it is. Because marriage is supposed to be a two-way street. And when you come to the point of divorce, it's going to be a two-way street. One person is not going to be able to dominate the other if you hire attorneys. Your attorneys will make sure of that. Unless you hire a shyster attorney. Hopefully you won't do that. But if you're the one who dominates, please know it's not going to work out in your benefit once the divorce is final. Because there'll be no reason for your spouse to allow you to control them anymore. Use this as an opportunity to figure out why you have control issues. How can you, how can you direct those control issues in a positive way? And how can you pull back on those control issues when it doesn't benefit you? If you know that you have a narcissistic personality and would like to change a little bit, which means you're not an extreme narcissist, This would be a great opportunity to learn how to problem solve and decision, make decisions with your spouse in a more balanced way. My gosh, if you could do that, do you know the positive effects on you, your children, your co-parenting relationship, and everyone else, every other relationship in your life? You could seriously benefit by pulling back on control. And so, listen, I don't think I'm a narcissist. I don't know if anybody else would uh, disagree. I don't think I'm a narcissist, but I absolutely know I have some control issues. I do. I've had to analyze myself a little bit so that I could ease up on the way I treat people in my personal life. Also, Just to trust that the universe is bringing you what you need. That's such an important part of dealing with control. The trust you have to have that life, the universe, the world will bring you what you need if you just allow it. If you get out of your own way. You can't imagine how beneficial that would be. First of all, it'll take a lot of stress out of your life. Even if you're a narcissist, there is stress in your life because to exercise that need to control, you're really hurting yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, physically, definitely. It's really interesting to be able to give up control 
a little bit at a time and just learn where you should keep control, you know, keep control over your health, keep control over your schedule. That's good, but you can't control other people. And if you can learn how to work with other people, starting with your soon-to-be ex-spouse, and just allow a little bit more of a balanced relationship, not try and force your own opinions on your spouse and anybody else you're in relationship with, oh my gosh, you will enjoy a calmer, easier life, and you're still going to be successful. You're still going to get to live the way you would like to live. It really will work in your best interest. So if you're the more dominant spouse, ease up on your other, ease up on your spouse. Ease up. They will appreciate this more than you know. And the benefit, you'll get more of what you want. If you don't, if you continue to try and control, you won't be appreciated, you won't be respected, and nobody will care about you because it'll be better to get away from you than to be in relationship with you. So if you want your spouse to care about you in the decisions that you're making for divorce, If you want your attorney to care about you, other than just using you as a money-making opportunity, if you want your mediator to care about you, care about the issues in your life that may detract from a healthy relationship. Work on those. Use divorce as an opportunity for self-reflection. Now, if you're the spouse that has allowed yourself to be controlled, definitely use this as an opportunity to change. You know, you can't blame your spouse. You can't change the past. You can only change the present moment going forward. So use divorce to self-reflect, to look at the reasons why you have allowed yourself to be controlled. Maybe it comes from your family. Maybe this is the family dynamic you've grown up with and you just felt that you needed to be submissive. Maybe this is part of your personality to be submissive. But being submissive can work in certain situations. It's not going to work in divorce. You cannot be submissive in divorce. You can compromise, but you can't be submissive. You know, I've had several client couples and I could, I, I could see immediately what the power dynamic was. And, you know, you, as a mediator, as, as a document preparation company, you listen to people talk to you in the opening phone call I, calls. I listen to people talk. They'll talk about themselves. They'll talk about their relationship. They'll talk about what they're concerned about. Uh, when we get to the mediation and decision making part of the divorce process. And then I'll watch in mediation how this works. And I can't force people to make different decisions. But I can ask, as everybody will ask, why are you allowing yourself to be controlled? Why is this beneficial to you? Is it beneficial? Well, the answer will be, I just want it to go away. It's the easiest way to move forward. Really? Is it? 
What's it like when you allow yourself to be controlled, when you allow yourself to be submissive, when you allow yourself to cave in the decision-making process, what is that like internally for you? Do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel fulfilled? And does this spill over into other relationships? More than likely, it does. And so I say use divorce as an opportunity to make the changes that will make you a healthy, balanced person. Even though divorce is a drag, well, it's not a drag if it's the best thing for you, but it's a drag getting through it. You know, going through all the steps is like, oh my God, when is this ever going to end? Use it to benefit you. Divorce is a new beginning. I say this in every one of my introductory emails. Divorce is a new beginning. Divorce is an opportunity to change. Divorce is an opportunity to create self-awareness. And we all need to do that on a periodic level. You know, lots of losses happen in our lives. The loss of family members and friends, devastating. The loss of pets, definitely devastating. The loss of a job. And then you have these traumatic losses, the loss of a limb, for heaven's sakes. And as tragic as all of these losses are, divorce is the loss of a marriage. And even if you know divorce is the right thing, it's it's the questioning of yourself. How did I get myself into this? Divorce can use, you can use divorce as a pivotal turnaround moment. Everybody does. Everybody does who is interested in change. And we all need to change. So let's just use this as an opportunity to change. Okay, if you want people to care about you, you have to care about yourself first. So in the self-reflecting portion of caring about yourself, what do you need to do to change? Well, let's just say you need to have a voice in the decision-making. In order to do that, you might need therapy. You might need to say, listen, I know I want to participate in the divorce. I want this to move forward in the best way possible, but I just need a little help right now. I need to get with a therapist or a divorce coach, someone who can either help us unravel the past or help us figure out how to move forward. A divorce coach helps you move forward. A therapist helps you figure out the past if that's the type of therapist you're going to hire. But just to say to your spouse, your attorney, your mediator, your document preparation company, just to be able to say, look, I definitely want to participate in the best way I can. I want to be healthy. I want to be focused. I want to use this divorce to move my life forward. I mean, honestly, people don't say this. I'm explaining to you what would motivate me, what would help me as a document preparation company, as a mediator, if you explain to me that you had to take a pause, that you have to reorganize yourself, I, I want to tell you I am there 
to accept that decision and applaud you and say, please take the time that you need. I will be here. The divorce isn't going anywhere. I want you to come back uh, as a healthy, happy person. But don't ignore me. Don't ignore your divorce coach. Don't ignore your mediator. Don't ignore your attorney. Don't ignore your spouse. You have to be vocal. If you want people to care about you, you have to explain that in order to do the best you can in this thing, this process called divorce, you need to spend a little time on self-care. And while you're working with a divorce coach or a therapist or going to yoga, going to meditation, whatever that path is that works for you. While you're doing all of these things, you will be communicating to everybody that their time is important. So you're not just ignoring them. You are going to take a little time, reorganize yourself, get yourself in a better place, and you're going to come back to the process. Do you know how much you will be respected for doing that? I'm going to jump back to the controlling spouse, the one who's always been dominant. For you to say that, oh my gosh, you don't know how your life will change for the better. You don't know how easy your relationships will become. If you say to people, look, I want to be the best version of myself I can possibly be. I have a few things I think I need to address. And I'm going to just take a month or two off. I don't know. Whatever that time is, um, I'm going to reorganize my thinking, my communication, my approach, and then I will be back ready to go. The arguing that goes on is horrible in divorce. It's so counterproductive. And the fear that you might experience because you don't want to get divorced, because you're afraid you've been probably married most of your adult life, if if you have one of those marriages, long-term marriage, what's it like to be single again? What's it like to live on your own? I mean, these are really worthy concerns. And so, but if you start vocalizing them, if you start explaining to everybody that I have fear, I have concern, I want to look at myself, do a little self-analysis, a little self-awareness to see why I'm at this point in my life, that will show the greatest amount of emotional intelligence possible. And I am telling you, everybody in your life will absolutely care about you. And you'll start building a community a supportive community that will work with you and your life will change for the better. Okay, some other tips. Uh, You have conferences, you have hearings, you have mediations. Show up educated, show up with a good night's sleep, show up dressed well, do you know what dressing well does? I Listen, I don't mean to be judgmental because I know everybody has to have their own way of expressing themselves in their fashion. But I am telling you, when you show up at least dressy casual without holes in your jeans 
unless that's the fashion. But then you have to have the jewelry, the jacket, the shoes to go around. You know, there is a fashionable way, not just these, this is the most beat up thing I had and I'm going to wear it for this meeting. Don't do that. That shows you really don't care about yourself enough. When people show up looking decent, looking good, hair groomed, um, nails groomed, a nice outfit on, people can't treat you badly. It's, it's, it's an unconscious positive response that when people show up a little early, definitely on time, looking presentable and organized, you'll get all the respect in the room. And then when your communication supports that you want to compromise, that you want to be respectful, that you want to be the best version of yourselves, everybody will care about you. Your spouse will even care about you. And that's what you want to have happen. Listen, I used to go to this summer seminar every July. COVID kind of knocked it out of the ballpark. I have to look to see if it's if they're having it again uh, next year in July. But it was a lawyer's association that put it on. I was typically the only non-attorney in the room. Uh, there, it was 99% attorneys, maybe a therapist or two, and then me, a document preparation company and a mediator. And at noon, there was a buffet. And at noon, it would be an entire panel of judges like eight to 10 judges, all talking about their prejudices. Interesting event, interesting talk. So the judges were saying to the attorneys, don't let your clients show up disheveled. Don't let your clients show up with a bad attitude. Respect the court, respect me. And really explain to your clients how they need to participate and behave in court, that you're speaking for them. Be organized. Don't waste my time. Don't file things unnecessarily. This is why you have to hire a good lawyer. But judges have prejudices. This whole, this whole seminar, this whole day of seminar was all about prejudice. And how we're all unconsciously prejudiced uh, or are very opinionated about things. Um, uh, how we make up our minds and evaluate and judge people. And we're quite often wrong. You know, it's interesting. You know, that phrase, you never judge a book by its cover. Well, I just told you how to put your cover together. And your cover includes the way you look the expression on your face, and the way you talk. That's your cover. The way you look, dress, hair, grooming, the look on your face. Oh my God, a picture tells a thousand words, doesn't it? Smile. It's the look on your face and the communication. The words you choose, the tone of voice you use. This all matters. If you show respect to people, typically they will show respect back. It's too easy to fight. 
It's too easy to lose our tempers. It's too easy to come with a bad attitude. None of this works for you. If you want people to care about you, you have to care about yourself first. So think about think about somebody in your life who's made a significant change and you haven't seen them for a while. And all of a sudden you get together and you're blown away by how they've morphed into this other person who you really like even more, who's showing forward movement in their lives. Who doesn't want to help people like that? Who doesn't want to be around people like that? It's kind of amazing. If you really, if you really evaluate yourself and look at where you need to improve and then start making those strides for improvement, things will start happening in your life uh, that will benefit you that you'll be really surprised about. So the energy that we create, people have talked about this. Deepak Chopra has talked about it. Oprah has talked about it. Tony Robbins talks about it. I mean, so many people talk about the energy that we produce internally for ourselves will create energy around us. And that's the energy that we will, um, that we will have. That's where our control in life is. Our control in life is creating the best version of ourselves that we can. And then that energy will just be disseminated around us and we will get some of the best things and never, never look the gift of adversity incorrectly. Never, never, never look at adversity in an adverse way. Look at adversity in how adversity can benefit you. So when something happens to you that's such a drag, that costs you money, that uh, is, is a physical impairment, after we get over the shock of it, then ask yourself, why, why did this happen? What can I get out of this? How can I benefit from this? How can I use this to turn my life around? That's, that's caring about yourself. And the other people in your life will start caring about you in a different way when you show the investment that you've made in turning your life around. So use divorce as a new beginning. Do not do not continue to argue. Do not continue to avoid. Do not ignore the people in your life that are there to help you in your divorce. If you want people to care about you, care about yourself first and use divorce as an opportunity for a new beginning. And your relationships will benefit across the board. Well, I hope this has been helpful. For me, it's always a constant reminder. If I want people to care about me, I have to care about myself first. I'd love to hear your reactions. 
regarding this episode, your thinking, send me ideas that you want me to use for future podcasts. Share this with a friend, subscribe if you haven't already. And as always, have an amicable day. That's our show for today. Thank you for joining us. Be good to yourselves, be kind to your spouse, and cherish your children above all else.